Well, what would you say if I said that I could bring him back? I guess I'd say I never thought of that. Well, alright, hold tight, you might want to stand back, because one small dawn is coming intact. St. John forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact, jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome, hit you with my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. The night when he comes up here, he's either gonna kill or he's gonna suck. But there's no in between for Mr. John Forward. Welcome to St. John Forward Radio. I'm your host, John Forward. Uh, the show is on uh, every Monday night, usually live, not this time because we've got a celebrity guest, but uh, usually live Monday nights from 9 till 10 o'clock on uh, local 107.3 FM and uh, all over the internet. This is, this is going to be on Facebook. Did you, I don't know Holy if you knew that crow. the stakes Pressure's are Pressure's on for the old Edwards today. <laughs> yeah. uh, so my name is John Forward. I'm joined by uh, by uh, Martin Edwards uh, from uh, from Halifax. He's in town for a Punchline show tonight, but uh, I have to talk about myself a little bit first at the beginning of the show. My name's in the title. It's kind Uh-oh. of the, the, the fans require it. Do your thing. Do what you want to um, do. So uh, just had a... Well, let's all, I'll get my plugs in, I guess. Next No Jokes Bard is on October 15th at McGill's. You can check that out. I don't think I, I think I have some other stuff coming up later in the month that I'll talk about in future weeks. Um, but uh, just had a had a fun show at uh, the Hampton Brewing Company this past uh, Thursday. It was uh, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. It was a little bit. We're getting to the end of uh, having comedy shows outside. It was a little bit chilly by the uh, by the end of the night. Is that the show that you said was a ball field? No, I, I don't remember having that conversation. It's like it's a it's like a like a like a small badge brewery bar that has like a stage built outside, kind of in the parking lot. Patio, and there's a there's a there's a food truck that makes pizza there off to the side. Oh yeah. So, so it was uh, it was a fun show top to bottom, but I got uh, irrationally uh, furious that there was some children in the audience. Um, oh, I mean they they were. I don't, I don't know what the situation is. I mean I I don't I don't. Yeah, do the parents I, think that like you know a clown is going to come on stage and do like funny sounds with their nose or something. You've yeah. got to understand that they're gonna. They're gonna, you know, curse or just reference anything yeah, well, that's gonna well, be, you know, well, that's, not suitable that's for the thing. you. Know. Like I've I've talked to, talked about this with some other people. The bar seems to be like some people have no issue with it as long as the parents are okay that the show is happening. But I'm like, even if the parents aren't mad at the content, it's still just annoying it makes you feel weird. There. Yeah, you can't assume that they're just gonna be cool with anything. Like, yeah, well, and and the kids were. They weren't like yelling, but they were not quiet the entire time that they were there. Were they seated and or running around? They, they were they were seated, but like climbing all over the picnic table, and they had their their little stack of loose leaf and the little hard shell uh, pencil crayons cased. Oh keep yeah, them, that's keep, just like if you were doing a, you know, a small show and there's like four or five people just wandering around yeah. the bar. You know, like I'm. I'm not super stoked when anybody is at the comedy show for any reason other than the comedy show. But uh, the, like it, it's different if we're doing an open mic somewhere and somebody is just there and the show breaks out around them. This was a ticketed show, 
that I think they just wandered in. Like people, there was a sign, um, like, Hey, check in at the bar to scan your code on your phone. I, I don't think these people necessarily knew that they just were there for pizza and went and sat down. I mean, I'm being charitable. There's, there's a lot of, uh, signs that would have had to have been ignored. There's a huge, not a huge crowd, but like all of the seats were taken up. People who seem like they're there for a purpose. Besides, there, there was the there was a lit stage with a microphone on a stand. Yeah, in yeah. the middle of it, and like even if I'll give it to them, they just came for pizza and sat down and didn't notice that there was. I had something. my fingers crossed for an auctioneer, but I got the comedy show. But like the moment the host hit the stage and started doing material, that should have been like a oh oops, let's like let's let's wrap this up and get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I have a 13 year old and a child who's 20 months. Pretty big difference there, but I would still like uh, be like, oh, let's you know get this show down the road. You know yeah. what I mean? They're just gonna make the comics feel weird. There there were three kids. I think all of them were under the age of five. And obviously, like I, I'm, I'm not mad. Like the, and the kids were kind of yappy. I, I, it was annoying, but I'm not mad at the kids. I'm mad at the parents for creating the circumstance. But like to just be, the bar set so low that as long as the parents aren't like mad at the show or the things being said, then every, I'm like, no, this is. Having kids in the room makes everybody uncomfortable. Maybe not as much as I was, but it's that much harder to get a laugh. It's the same, like I made the point, you may have noticed, like in an, if you're doing a comedy show in a very well-lit room, it's like that much harder to get a good laugh because everybody's kind oh, of self-conscious. Absolutely, yeah. If you have like office lighting, it's just absolutely yeah, awful. And I, I think having children there, even if it's not conscious, everybody's kind of like, if somebody says something even mildly offensive, everybody's got the context of this is happening in a place where there are small children, which well, sometimes can add to the laugh, but it also just an extra bit of a level of, should I be laughing at this? I'm pretty sure there's a um, a comedy documentary, and there's a part with Todd Glass, and he's explaining, you know, like, oh, I hate when bar shows, you know, don't understand what you need for comedy. You need it dark as possible. The only light is the light on the comedian. Turn that TV off. Put the pool cues away. And now I'm just imagining Todd Glass going, and get the goddamn kids out of here. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like they just realized, oh, whoops, there's a comedy show happening. Let's wrap it up. They were there for the full Brian Godso's full like opening host chunk, and then and then Matt Keenan did mm-hmm. about five minutes, and they stayed for that. And then Brian came back on for a couple of minutes in between, and they stayed for that. And then Steve Fudge came out, and they were there for I think most of his set. And then they they were so they were there for I'm guessing like twenty to thirty minutes of the show happening before they left. And the kids are like climbing over the table and they're yapping and like I'm I'm just in the back just seething. I'm like, what are you doing? Like it's just I don't know. I'm I'm more mad at the parents than I mean the sound of children's joy also infuriates me in that context. Which <laughs> yeah, yeah. People that are parents, they, they might not have that same trigger <laughs> trigger that I do, but still just being in the room, it's just, yeah, it's, it's like, just it's sort of like, um, you know, you want, yeah, uh, you know, to have, you know, like fun and everything, but there's a little bit of a, like, um, not like let's get down and dirty, but let's kind of like, um, let's get a little loose. Yeah. Um, th- this is, this is a secret thing between, you know? between all of us here among friends in it's, the room. It's weird. Like you, you remind yourself, 
enough of how many like you know um, advantages music has over comedy. Like if I was, I feel like if you were like a screamo or a death metal band, and there's kids there, it's just like, oh, these kids are gonna see something a little intense. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if you have, you know, any joke that, um, yeah, like just you know references, you know, like sex or anything, you know, there's kids in the room, you're just like, oh god, I'm a weirdo. And no, I, like I think it would be slight, like I've been at shows where comedians have brought like their own teenage kids, but they're there to see the show. That's a little bit different than just having kids who are in the room that don't want to be there. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like when the difference between like, you know, like a yeah. seven year old running around and being distracting and just like, okay, like, you know, little yeah. Timmy's like, you know, 15, he watched super bad. Like this is not going to be anything new to him. Yeah. He's kind of, you know, basic, basic gist, you know? Yeah. It's like when you go to like a fancy restaurant and there's a bunch like little kids there and the parents are like looking at the menu. That's like in Italian. They're like, do you have any chicken nuggets or <laughs> some, maybe some mac and cheese? <laughs> Like the, uh, I work, this, this I work is, at a diner, and uh, once uh, during brunch, we just heard a baby start screaming. And um, some, like a server came in the kitchen and just went, someone just dropped a baby. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I'm in the kitchen. And I didn't see this happening. If I saw it happen, I'd be like, oh, that's horrible. I can't laugh at this. But somebody dropped a baby, and I didn't have to see it. I'm just like, ah. Like, yeah. do, you, do you keep eating? Like after that, like you I mean you gotta pay and go. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> just be like you know, comforting your baby with like you know like one arm and then just shoveling bacon and hash browns in your mouth with the other. Like you gotta get you and your baby out of there. Like yeah. rope him to you. Yeah, I did. I did one show. Um, I think I was only a couple of years into comedy. It was at like the Delta Hotel in uh, in Fredericton, but it was in like the restaurant off the lobby, and the like moments before the show was going to start like uh two women and a young child came in it was probably like the 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 kid's mom and then her mom i think mm -hmm. and like i had to like insist that the waiter be like hey maybe give them a heads up what's yeah, about to happen course, so yeah. that they can decide whether or not they're gonna put an order in and he reluctantly went over and gave them a heads up and they were like, uh, that's fine. And they ordered their food. And like in that case, we're, we're, it's not like a ticketed show. They just were there at a restaurant and we're kind of imposing on them. I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic in that. And they were fine. And I, I, I had a fun, like every time that I said something mildly like dirty, I would be like, that's not appropriate for them and like get like a cheap laugh off that. And the mom, like on the way out, apologized to us for having the kid in the room and making people uncomfortable. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. We shouldn't be apologizing for you for saying offensive stuff to your child. You made this happen. Yeah. This is on and you, mom and dad. Like I was, I don't, I was planning on like going on stage and like, so uh, instead of getting a babysitter, you decided to make a hundred people uncomfortable yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. For for some reason, it just it just annoyed me for that first that they were freeloading just because they obliviously walked in and I did not pay to even get in. I mean, if they had paid full price for like all three small children, like yeah, maybe we'll take it. But, but I feel like um, as soon as you become a parent, you become like a little delusional. Yeah. Like, I feel like in that situation, people are thinking, oh, well, hopefully this comedian will be the kind of comedian who just pleases everybody, right? Like, it's just going to be relatable, like, you know, I like, like family laugh. stuff. We're hip. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched Everybody Loves Raymond. Come on. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I was uh, I was furious. They left before I went on stage, but I, I I wouldn't have been able to stop myself from saying something. And you know, it's a it's a it's a coin flip whether that would have come off endearingly charming or just this guy hate children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you very apprehensive. Um, I remember it's like if I'm genuinely show. mad, but I want to make like a funny point. Some of the the fury is going to seep into yeah. it. <laughs> But yeah, I remember doing a show at uh, Gus's Pub, hosting the show, and um, yeah, especially when you got to go up cold and there's kids in the back of the room, and I'm just like, oh man, like you know, I got here early, like hopefully, like they, you know, the parents will just understand that a comedy show isn't happening, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like, you know, seven thirty, they're still here, seven forty, they're still here, shows at eight o'clock, come on, come on, come on, and someone's just like, oh yeah, that's the owner's kids, and they're like, you know, just gonna be here until they're just done. The kitchen closes and they're done cleaning up and everything. And then, yeah, they were just there until like, you know, 10 o'clock and like the, the show, like, you know, ended. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I felt ridiculous because uh, I was, you know, hosting the show and uh, I don't want to make it super weird off the top. But no, every other comedian just did like their regular material and didn't care at all and just referenced that it was awkward. And I just yeah. like uh, went up and was just like trying to remember my cleanest jokes and just bombing because it's just, you know. Yeah, but, uh, but I don't know. It just, in the best case scenario, everybody just does the same set that they would have otherwise. And the whoever owns the children isn't upset about that, but still, just the same as just having bad lighting. It just it 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 certainly doesn't add anything to the show. It it's only a negative. It and definitely it, added to the awkwardness that the child was also coloring. You know what I mean? It's like if the the kids like you know reading a book or something, and you're like, oh, what a studious kid. You know what I mean? But yeah, if they're doing yeah. something like if if an innocent person is doing something very innocent, just like coloring you know inside the lines you know what i mean and it just makes you feel so ridiculous drawing a picture of the comedian humping the chair (laughs) all right well anyway that's uh, my two cents uh don't bring your kids to adult things we don't like it i don't anyway i'm speaking for myself but uh i'm important my name's on the show so we're gonna yeah (laughs) but uh let's uh Let's uh, let's take a quick uh, musical break before we really get into it here with uh, with Martin Edwards. Do you right. want to uh, do you want to tell us about the uh, song that you've selected? Uh, Atomic Dog by George Clinton. I uh, love the tune. It's where um, a lot of like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre songs like you know get a lot of their samples. Uh, the video is super fun with like uh, these like kind of like cool walking like cartoon dogs yeah. like superimposed over George well, Clinton actually, and the band. I've got the uh, the production value here. We can actually pull up the actual video instead of just playing it on Spotify. Vamp for a second while I pull this up. I'm quite sure there's also an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air where uh, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv are rocking out to Atomic Dog. This one just looking like the cool parents. Oh yeah. All right, hang on. That like neon, like um, what's that Prince movie? Not Purple Rain, not Under the Cherry Moon. Ah, the third one, just around the corner. And there's like the set is a really fake looking city with like the narrow streets and like mist and neon everywhere. Oh God, what's that movie called? Okay, we gotta look look up Prince now. All right, well let's let's look that up over the break and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll leave everybody in suspense. So uh, this is. Uh, George Clinton with uh, with Atomic Dog on St. John Forward Radio. Atomic Dog. 
and we are back here on uh, St. John Forward Radio. I'm here with uh, with Martin Edwards. So uh, you, you, fi- you figured out what the Prince song was, the audience or the Prince movie, the audience was Yes, Graffiti Bridge, a lot less popular than Purple Rain. I'm uh, I'm I'm not familiar. I haven't even seen Purple Rain. I, I don't think I've heard a Prince song that I didn't like, but I've never really oh, gotten, gotten into it. Unbelievably fun movie. Yeah. And so uh, just someone who takes them so, themselves so seriously as Prince to just be delivering cheesy line after cheesy line. Yeah. And um, yeah, even like Morris Day in the time or, you know, hilarious in the movie. Um, but yeah, Graffiti Bridge is a, a lot sillier. And the set looks ridiculously like it's the kind of thing that would have looked like you know so outdated two years later mm-hmm. like yeah it just kind of looked like hey what if i uh, like, i had a lot of success with purple rain what if i make welfare batman yeah <laughs> graffiti bridge nice so uh we talked about this a little bit last night you uh you came from a, a music background you were in bands and stuff before you did comedy so yeah i love music what's the, what's the What's the dynamic? They're both perf- like live performance uh, things, but like, what's it's it's a very different beast. Yeah, I feel like um, the expectations of the people in the room are like are very different. I feel people, audience members are so much more likely to go up and talk to a comedian, you know, which can be you know like a, you know super cool, or you just have drunk buddy after the show, you know, like yeah, you know what you should have said up there, or whatever. But I feel like people are kind of starstruck by musicians, even if the musician is not. You know, like a you know, a big popular musician or or something. Like they're just like, oh, you do a, like a a magical thing. While uh, you know, comedy is kind of seen like a, as Artie Lang says, you know, we're the plumbers of you know, art. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, people just feel like they can just come up and like you know, like talk to you. Uh, it's good that you can have that sort of just like you know, uh, you know, grassroots kind of you know, e- you know, easy connection. But it can also be like, oh my God, how long is this guy gonna you know keep talking to me? Well, I don't yeah. feel like you know, musicians get that. Well, well comics com- we'll be- get that. Well, even like if I, you know, um, know, you know, a headliner just from like, you know, a special or, you know, clips or something when I'm in the green room, I'm just like, oh shit, I got to like, you know, make sure that I you know, don't talk to this guy as if I've just known him for years and bug him. But I feel like I just know the guy. And when I was, when I would, you know, meet other musicians, I would kind of be like, oh, I hope they think I'm cool or something. And I'd be, you know, so like nervous or something, but with comics, like, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm forgetting that I'm not this guy's best friend. What, what yeah. am I thinking? I'm, I'm self-conscious about that. Like generally, if I'm going to watch a show at punchlines, if I don't know, and I've never worked with the headliner, I don't want to be like the hundredth, uh, local open micer that is like, Hey, I'm a comedian too. Yeah. 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 Like I just, I don't want, I, I feel weird hanging out in the, in the green room when I'm not on the show. Like it's different. I feel a little bit more like I'm in the club if they've seen me on stage and I've, especially if I've done well, I feel like, uh, I've, I've, I'm allowed to be in the, in breathing the same air at that point. But otherwise my default is like, Oh, the, I'm a St. John open micer. This person doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah. yeah. If they're like, you know, staring at a set list, so of course not going to bother them. But if people are just talking and hanging out, you want to be like a cool, not dominate the conversation. You're like, Oh, I hope I don't, you know, make some joke that silences the room and look like the unfunny one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, of course you want to hang out and be cool and stuff. But like, yeah, what what can we go through with that are like, you know, do not say this to a headliner 
or like something's like halfway coming out of your mouth and you're like, oh, I got to change this topic so I don't sound like, you know, like a dummy. Don't say, you know, how did you get into comedy? Or Where do you get your ideas yeah, from? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of all this cancel culture? Like, oh, yeah, what are the things to just not say to a headliner how or, do a I get or a, basically anybody? How do I get on Fallon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's a, it's a different thing. There's a bit more mystique to a musician because the audience doesn't have to see them practicing. And our practicing is yeah, in public. Yeah. Like the, the, the the audience member isn't going to see them like play this the song wrong in garage practice 25 times in a row yeah you can always kind of keep mystique being a musician because people are like oh how do they you know write the songs how do they put it all together do they have to practice or they just phenom who just gets on stage and does it but kind of like the the, the monkey or the the genie's kind of always in the bottle with a musician like as soon as you just come out like you know no sound like uh there's, there's nothing to hide behind like as soon as you come on stage like the genie's out of the bottle it's the cat's cat's out of the bag immediately with a comedian. With a musician, cat's always in the bag. Yeah, because um, like I'm not saying that the audience adds nothing to a song, but like you can, a musician can sit down in a room by themselves and create a great song. I can't just sit in my basement and come up with. A solid 10 minute set that has not been tried in yeah, front of an yeah, audience. Yeah, they get to see the trial on the air. Like, like the more experience you have, the better the first draft becomes. But nobody's just like birthing a completed bit. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's probably like a joke. Like if it's like, oh, clever, like wait, just construction, like I think like a Jerry Seinfeld style joke something like that can a little bit i think that's something that kind of can exist on paper but i don't know i don't really write right i'm not really that style one of the things that like you know you're kind of surprised that are televised you know what i mean like as soon as tv came out everyone was obviously like well i obviously want to see the you know the baseball games hockey games you know i just don't want to hear it on the radio i want to see the game going on it's such an obviously visual thing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like um well, yeah, what's like su- like surprisingly televised? Just like, you know, who's really watching poker and gin and stuff yeah. like that? It seems weird. Who's watching bowling? Only the hardcore bowling fans? I don't, I don't know, hardcore bowling fans? I, there's definitely hardcore bowlers, hardcore golf. bowling fans. There, there was golf that we could watch while we were peeing at Rockies last night. <laughs> well, yeah, Rockies yeah. in St. John. First time there's ever, I've ever seen a large TV in the part of the bathroom. That's in, the stall. Stall. Yeah. in the stall. In the stall. Not above the urinals with advertisements just in the style just like. yeah but uh i've 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 uh i've only watched it for like 20 minutes so far but that beatles get back thing like that's kind of interesting that's the only thing that's really the only thing i can think of that's like kind of a music behind the scene where they're just messing around in the studio and like talking and like every now and then you're like oh that's 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 that song that they're just kind of messing around with or they'll just get bored and play a cover song or something like that's that's interesting to kind of see the process but nobody is going to indulge that for like eight hours or however long that thing is in total nobody's going to indulge that for anybody less than the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. People love to watch, like, you know, a comedian just kind of, like, you know, workshopping stuff. And, you know, well, if you see a comedian, like, a, if a famous comedian have something that, you know, completely falls flat and they just go, 
well, that got nothing. Like, uh, that's that's going to be, you know, like, uh, that's got no potential. Everyone laughs. Goes, ah, like, but nobody wants to see, like, the process of a songwriter. Like, yeah. if there was televised songwriting, like, there is, like, playing cards or something. Just imagine, like, you know, idiot with an acoustic guitar, just, you know, like, uh, you know, singing nonsensical lyrics. Um, then they stop to, like, you know, like, I know, pick up their pen and write a lyric down. Then they uh, they're not, they knock over their beer and they look at their phone for 10 minutes. They listen to another song that they're half ripping off. Like watching the songwriting program, pro- like a uh, like process would be awful. Yeah. Yeah. But and even like the, the performance of it, it's certainly better for a musician if the audience is super keyed into it and giving their full undivided attention. But you can power through it and everybody involved is still having a good time if everybody's just having a conversation and the music is happening in the background like there's no such thing as background comedy yeah if if i was standing in the corner of a restaurant doing a comedy set and everybody was just nobody was looking at me and everybody was having their own separate conversations i would be dying on the inside like i've seen like bands play at rib fest and just be the cover song soundtrack while people are getting barbecue sauce all over their faces and not paying attention but as a comedian i would want to kill myself (laughs) yeah like uh music has such an advantage that um yeah it can be background music for rib fest nobody's paying attention nobody's embarrassed for the band that nobody's like paying attention (laughs) Yeah, and also like there's just like the social convention of as soon as like you know you hear the music stop, you know what I mean? Like no matter what you're doing, everybody is gonna clap. You know what I mean? Because it would be so rude not to clap. You know what I mean? Like if no one's paying attention to the comedy show, no one is going to be like, oh, this is the part where we laugh or we look rude. Everybody, like there's no kind of social convention to like cue. Like I can't just like uh, you know just like you know end a joke and then pause and just wait for everybody to laugh you know what i mean like uh, music has so many goddamn yeah and and nobody if uh if you were at like a, a musical performance or something unless it's like something like some like fancy like sit down like hundred dollar ticket situation nobody's gonna be like shh yeah <laughs> but and and that kind of um comedy is relatively new in new brunswick as like a normal thing that happens regularly yeah like it, yeah it, like when mullinger i think got here about 10 years ago and that really i think that changed where like comedy is now on the list of in a normal person's mind of like options for things that you can go out and do yeah well just like you know presents like you know a very you know professional show like a well-delivered material like um uh you know wearing a suit and stuff like that like i guess a lot of people think see comedy show and they go to an open mic and they just see like you know like you know buddies and friends just kind of you know making each other laugh and being really loose and working on material and they don't understand that this is the the process this is yeah they're like oh this 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 isn't as good as that netflix special i watched so this guy sucks yeah yeah and they'll like check out immediately and be on their phone or talking but like if if somebody is going to even a music open mic if you're going with some friends and you just think of something and start having a conversation or somebody's playing a song like oh yeah i really like this song i remember when this album came out and just have that's fine but at a comedy show that same instinct when some when somebody says like oh yeah my dad the other day and then somebody's like oh yeah my dad and just starts having it and that's like awful for a comedy show but at a music show it's fine and i mean when 
when I'm doing a show and people are chatty like that, when they're like being like non-malicious hecklers where they just, they don't, they just don't know that you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. So I usually start out like very polite and just, I am informing you that that is very distracting and you probably shouldn't be doing that. If it continues, I will get meaner each time that I have to say something. Yeah. But the first couple of times I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, no, they're, they're not, they're not trying to ruin the show. They just don't know that this is a, that this is a problem. But uh, so, now that they that know that it's doing. a problem, if you continue, then the guns are coming out. Yeah. It sucks when you have to like, you know, scold people and then go like, Oh, and like five seconds later, can you like me and laugh at my words again? You know what I mean? So yeah, what I've started doing, if um, you know, people are like, you know, chatty and I'm hosting a show, I'm just like, all right guys, what I have to do now is just be rude to you and tell you to, you know, shut the hell up. So now I'm like, you know, my plan is to make all you guys really hate me, the host. So when I bring people up, you're just like, all right, anybody, but that guy, we love that yeah. person. Anybody. Yeah, I've I've got a stock line that I use sometimes if somebody's chatting. I'll be like, uh, especially if if there's like an upcoming music thing that's like in the same venue, especially like if I can see a poster on the wall that like next week there's a Shania Twain cover band coming. I'll I'll ask them or first I'll remind them that this isn't like a soundproof wall of air in between us. You're sitting ten feet away from me and I can hear every word yeah. that you're saying. But I, I'll sometimes ask them, like, do you go to a music show and bring your own guitar and lay down some hot licks of your own from the front yeah. row? <laughs> I bring my own Shania Twain poster. That's yeah, what I I'm do. Like, you're going, you're at a talking show and you're talking. <laughs> yeah, and I, we're better at it than you. Shut up. I love that there's just kind of two like uh, you know extreme reactions. I feel like I never get like a you know like a middle you know ground with like you know people. Um, if I have to tell people like. Hey, you know, like I know you don't. You're just you know having a conversation. You think you're talking low, but just the way the room's set up, like the voice really travels here. I know you're not trying to be loud, but like you know, like I, you guys got to keep it down. And people usually go like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Shoot, yeah, of course, of course, of course. There, but there's, there's, I never get somebody who's just kind of in the middle, which is like, "Huh, whatever, man." It's either like the I'm, other I'm end so is all oh, what? Or I'm just not like, allowed to laugh. <laughs> like, like I have anxiety. Yeah, I had someone like you know yell at it at a show, and it's just like. What are you talking about? You have anxiety, so you're allowed to have a loud conversation during the show and disrespect everybody else? Yeah, because the comedian on stage probably doesn't have anxiety. Yeah, no comedian has that. And just people, yeah. some people talk as if they're the only person with that well, sometimes. Yeah, well, so they, 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 they think that this is just, this one person is mad about what I'm saying, but they don't understand, like, Everybody else is upset too, but we're we're the ones with the microphone, so it's our job to like point it out. The table next to you that's trying to hear the show and is getting annoyed from you isn't gonna like shush you probably. Yeah, but I don't know. People are terrible for that kind of thing. I don't. I don't get it. I'm not really like I'll have a conversation with somebody if I'm, ha but I don't like. I feel like some people, and I don't understand it because I don't have this. They're just. They're just like, there's a dam, like stopping just words from constantly flying out of their mouth. And like, it's an active measure to not be constantly saying words out loud. And I don't understand that. I think one of the, uh, like, uh, biggest laughs I ever got for like, I don't know, like, it was just more like addressing the crowd. I guess it wasn't really like, you know, a crowd work, uh, you know, moment. But um, I was, yeah, hosting a show at uh, Yucks, like the, the old Yucks in the West in Halifax, R.I.P. But um, 
there was somebody in the, the second row and their phone went off and I'm like, I already said like, Hey guys, like turn your phones off and da da da. We're all going to be on board for the comedy show for 90 minutes. And somebody's phone rang and I'm just like, oh, okay, ignore that. I'm just going to, you know, like, you know, like keep talking. Hopefully they'll just pick up their phone and maybe like, you know, run down the hall and like, you know, outside and take that phone call if it's an important phone call. And they went, hello, who's this? So I just went, wait a minute, buddy. Not only did you answer the phone at the comedy show when I told you 90 seconds ago to not to turn your phone off, you also answered a number you didn't recognize. And yeah, that was probably like, yeah. Biggest laugh I ever got for just saying something like, yeah, that, like, uh, you know, in the moment. Just everybody laughed at him and he shrugged his shoulders, put the phone away. I was like, just the lack of self awareness. Like, yeah, I'm just, this could be a wrong number, but I'm going to, I'm going to risk it that this might be something important. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, no matter what age you are, I think the guy was around 50, but it's just like, who in this day and age, you know, answers, you know, like a, you know, a, you know, a phone number that they don't recognize anywhere you know even at home let alone you know yeah with like you know a room full of people and a comedy show happening yeah um so uh we're halfway through so i should uh remind people of uh the station that they are listening to i have a hard time saying i've got a lot of glare on the tv hang on where is it where is it i've got an id in here somewhere there it is Community boys. You can put whatever uh, slant on it you like, but if you want to say your name and that you're listening to uh, 107.3 local FM. Community boys. All right, that's the uh, station that we're listening to. So um, you're uh, you're from Halifax. You're in town. Uh, you're at uh, your punchlines uh, this weekend. By the time anybody hears this, it will be over. But uh, we're recording this on Saturday. You, uh, yeah, hosting you the show. Yourself last night, opening for uh, Nathan McIntosh. Or yeah, hosting. Hosting the show is great. Um, I always find the uh, Friday night show is the like electric show, and everyone just seems to do awesome on Friday nights because everyone just it's like you know everyone's coming from work. They're kind of fired up. There's a you know a little bit of like uh, you know anxiety going. There's tension that needs to be relieved, and comedy show is just you know perfect for that, of course. But Saturday, I feel like uh, is usually the show that's you know nobody kills, nobody bombs. It's just good comedy show. People got what they paid for. It was nothing spectacular, nothing horrible happened, but it was just, you know, like, yeah, when I, especially if you're like, you know, like, you know, traveling, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, the Halifax comic is coming into St. John's, gonna fucking rip it up. Uh oh, what did I just do there? But um, yeah, the Halifax comic is gonna come in and rip it up. When you just have like, you know, a hot show Friday and you're like, yeah, man, like, I'm killing. And then the Saturday show goes okay and you're like, all right, back to my humble uh, being a slightly open yeah, mic. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's funny. I've done that where if both shows were the same level as the Saturday, you'd be like, that was pretty good. But going from like killing on Friday night to doing okay on Saturday, it just by comparison feels like, oh God, I should quit comedy. Yeah, I you're like, so I want to go out on a high note, man. Why couldn't Friday be terrible? And then I save the day on Saturday night. But yeah, Nathan McIntosh, hilarious. Uh, um, first time I got to do a show with him. I'm yeah, very stoked for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and good, uh, good attendance. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think it was How sold many, out, but it was. Uh, I, what's the capacity? I think it's one twenty. There's probably a hundred there last night. I have no idea. I'm not good at estimating numbers of people. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, good turnout. There's there seems to be it's a it's a weird thing whenever they book somebody that has like. 
been on American TV, like no matter what, that's automatically like they're going to sell a pile of tickets. Yeah. Um, and not, not that he doesn't deserve it. He's a very funny comedian. And like, even if, if you just saw who was coming and looked him up on YouTube, I think a lot of people would be like coming, but for some, for some reason, uh, St. St. John, I don't know if this is the case in Halifax or not, but we kind of, um, I find in New Brunswick, we've got kind of, uh, kind of uh we're embarrassed of ourselves and we get extra not we but like the audiences like somebody mm. who came from somewhere better and is choosing to grace us with their with their presence we're like yes yeah yes. yeah like james sure. bollinger moved here all yeah. the way from <laughs> london validate and, us yeah it's like oh well people always like, say oh he's in new york and he's playing in saint john like that's almost like that in and of itself is uh to compare it to music again it's like how people say oh like you know canada not just you know new brunswick you know canada doesn't appreciate its artists just like oh yeah. nobody thought anything of neil young and then he made a name for himself in the states they're all like oh he's a canadian legend like yeah they need validation somewhere else yeah it's always in like even supporting our own people it's after like america made it okay for us to like this person yeah, yeah. then we're like yeah oh canada support our own but only the ones that the americans also like yeah it's sort of like oh like if my buddies don't like my new girlfriend you know what i mean i'm gonna end this you know what i mean but if i get the approval from my buddies i might start thinking about a wedding you know yeah no it was it was fun and then um we we talk, we you got to see a little bit of the uh, the St. John nightlife after the show. So yeah, we, we, didn't we expect start, to see started, a band. We started out at Rockies, which is always baffling to me. Like I was saying, like I don't I don't know who in the like what human being is super into there's just like five different sports happening on the TVs and there's like jerseys and stuff up on the wall, but also very loud dance music yeah <laughs> menu oh hell no it's on the table yeah, pretty, it's like, written there i, I want to know who the person is who both watches golf on tv and gets amped up to hear candy shop by 50 cents <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah really covering all bases there right yeah so so yeah we after after rockies we we're uh, i think i asked you like do you want to go to a, a nice place that we can hang out or do you want hilariously bad and you're like let's let's just hang out and oh i want the quiet cool, uh, the cool hang but yeah. we we tried uh several spots we tried the whiskey bar which is a nice hang but they were they were closing down and yeah we we went into the pub down under which seemed quiet but then uh then a band busted out it was pretty good actually they i think the first song that we heard was hey joe by hendrix it was yeah and they slayed that cover oh my god just to open with that like yeah damn a little story about hey joe i know the uh the animals uh you know band from the 60s you know house of the rising sun I guess they had a cover of um, Hey Joe, which was going to be like, you know, their next single and was, you know, like, uh, you know, doing great at their live shows. And then Jimi Hendrix came out with that single and they were just like, we ain't going to top Jimi Hendrix. We got to scrap this right now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I want, I, uh, I guess this gives an excuse for another uh, musical break. Uh, Body Count does a cover of Hey Joe. Have you ever heard that? Oh, wow. Some so, iced tea, uh, like a metal yeah. version? Yeah, so Wild. let's uh, let's let's take a quick musical break and hear some uh, some body count, and then we'll be back with uh, Martin Edwards on St. John Forward Radio. Hey, Joe Killer.
St. John Forward Radio, a little bit of body count for us. Uh, mostly kind of just a straight cover of it. It wasn't uh, super like metal or anything. It was just body count pl- rocking out to Hey Joe. Some heavy drums, though. I wish like the original Jimi Hendrix albums had like uh, heavier drums. Like it seems like, uh, you know, like Zeppelin come along and then everyone's just like, we got to have that big thunderous, like, uh, you know, like, like, like drum sound. But yeah, like, um, with like the power trios, late sixties, like, yeah, cream, Jimi Hendrix, it's very uh, guitar heavy. Yeah. Guitar heavy. But yeah, like, I wish the rhythm section kind of sounds like it's in the wind. Like they're, oh, yeah. but they're amazing musicians, but I uh, just like, I wish that recording was a little beefier. Like, 
Yeah, going back to the music versus comedy thing, I forgot. I just remembered this. I don't remember who said it, but I heard somebody say that like part of the reason why comedy can't exist without an audience is because kind of the audience is kind of the rhythm section of the performance, so you can't really fully do it ahead of time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Rhythm and comedy very important. So uh, back and forth, call and response. You're uh, you're coming up from Halifax, which is a which is a different scene than we have here. There's a lot more going on. It's been going on for longer, and it's more condensed. Like there's there's shows pretty much every night of the week in Halifax. Some oh nights, yeah. Some nights have multiple shows. Like I would say, the amount of shows that Halifax has in a week, we have maybe that many over the course of a full month, and it's spread out all over the whole province and not just self-contained into one city. So that's, I, I feel that uh, disadvantage all yeah, the time. That like our, like, our regular week is your burst of summer shows. Like, yeah, like I, I feel like, like I think I, I do pr- pretty good with what I have, but I just, I feel like I'm that much worse of a comedian just because of the lack of stage time. Cause like I hear like pros talk about like, Oh God, I haven't been on stage in three days. I've completely forgotten how to do this. I'm like, Oh, I'm lucky to get like once a week. Oh yeah. I feel like if I take like, you know, like a week off, like I was, you know, like around Christmas, I usually don't do comedy for around like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe two weeks. Yeah. And yeah, you're just starting the year off with being a terrible comedian every year. Yeah. But you're not, um, you're probably not like, not everybody in Halifax is doing every show every week. Like how many, like what's, what's a typical week look like for Martin Edwards in Halifax? Um, I try to do three or four a week. Um, Gus is every Monday. Um, I try to do like Oasis every two or three weeks, Barely's every two or three weeks, uh, the Yucks Pro Amateur every two or three weeks, and you know, paid shows besides that. So yeah, three or four times a week. Yeah, like that must um like you you also you work full time at at a day job. Like I find like I've I'm pulled kind of both ways where I where I have this idea that like I would be much better if I had like more regular stage time, but the odd time where the stars align and I have like three open mics in the same week and I'm working. I'm just like, Oh, this is so much. Uh, <laughs> like, there's also that feeling of like, I'm on a roll, baby. Yeah. But like so, sometimes like if I'm busy, like if I'm working and I'm doing like this show and I'm also doing like four story walk up and I'm doing a couple open mics, I feel like I don't have any time for myself. I feel like, yeah, you're like tires and, um, you know, you're trying to like, you know, coke up, coax up some energy or just, you know, get yourself focused, you know, after your day of work and stuff. I remember um, um, an interview with uh, Stephen Rice. You must know that. Yep. Comedian Stephen Rice, fantastic one-liner writer and, uh, you know, extremely dry delivery. Mm-hmm. And people were asking him like, uh, where, or how did you, you know, come up with this character? Is this really you? Where did you get this? And he was like, honestly... I didn't think about, you know, I just thought about the writing. I didn't think about being dry or being, you know, trying to come across as a weirdo on stage or anything like that. He's just like, oh, it was just when I started comedy, it was my last year of university. So I'm just like intensely studying, you know, like and then running from class. And like, you know, I'm not trying to be so like, you know, dry. I was just tired and just trying to remember and like when I first started comedy, I just you know basically started with like you know one-liners because I just heard somebody on a podcast say you know the best way to write a joke is as least words you know as, as possible to get to a punchline. I'm like okay, yeah. starting off that is like that's that's a good road to go, to go down, right? I just wanted I didn't want to like prove that I was like you know had so much like you know energy on stage or something. I just wanted to prove that I could 
put words together and write jokes. I was way more concerned with being, you know, a joke writer yeah. than having, you know, good, like, you know, performance skills. And yeah, just also not, you know, running from university, but running from, you know, taking care of family, like, you know, getting home from work, getting the homework done with the kids, uh, you know, getting supper on the table and like, all right, got to get to the comedy show. And then you're just kind of pretending that you're not tired. And yeah, just trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like there is some advantage to having everything spaced out. Uh, I mean, it would, it's it would be better for us all if we had the more more stage time. But I also find when the shows are spaced out a bit more, they're more of like an event as opposed to like I've 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 been at Gus's a couple of times where it's just it's another Monday night open mic, and there might be like a couple of people there that are kind of half paying attention. I find when it's like a monthly show everybody's kind of keyed in and like, yeah, this, this is a fired up for the special thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's also, it's harder for us to kind of, uh, take risks and kind of work on something when you've got like the big, this is my show this month. Whereas yeah. if I could go up and do like five open mics in a week, I can start out with kind of a loose idea and kind of refine it. But I feel like if I, like this is, I get to do this particular show like once every three months, I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time and like fart around. With oh yeah. Some. It's so much harder to you know, work on new stuff like that. If you only have like the special shows, you're yeah. just like, I just want to do the hits. Like and, I, you know. I, I, I take my own, like when I'm hosting my open mic, that's where like, I'll just, if I've just got a premise, I'll just, I'll try that out in between comics and see what sticks. Yeah. But uh, if I didn't have that, like I'm not going to, if I've got like a 10 minute set somewhere, I'm not going to spend half of it. Like I've got this one sentence in my phone and just kind of riff on it until something funny falls out of it. Yeah. It definitely took me a while of hosting an open mic to, I think I've heard, you know, professional comics go like, oh, like, you know, I run like, you know, a weekly show or, you know, a monthly show and I'm the host. So when I, so my hosting, I just kind of like, you know, run through my new ideas and, um, you know, just, you know, try things out and, you know, see what sticks to the wall or whatever. And I would do that for hosting. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not the professional comic that I heard say that on the podcast. Yeah. And we also got to do uh, yeah. like, you know, you don't want to do like your same stuff, you know, every time, but and, you want to do your, you don't want to tank it for the other comedians yes, on the show because your job is also to keep keep the momentum going so yeah so if you're trying to like you know basically do like you know the hits off the top and it's like you know nine comics and eight audience members and all the comics are just laughing at you because like you know what you think are your best jokes are just getting next to nothing at the open yeah. mic so it's embarrassing but, yeah it's so much easier to try out the new stuff in between yeah. comics and yeah and host hosting i think gave me better chops than anything else like i'm not i don't think anyone has ever asked me to host something other than a show that i've booked myself um i kind of uh, have a, a more antagonistic approach to it um which uh, but uh like when i started out when i first started doing no jokes barred at that time the only material i had i had like four different like 10 minute long bits and uh, like i can't so tricky, i can't yeah. i can't do that in between comics i actually i don't i Dragging out a when book I, here. When, when I when I started doing no jokes barred, 
my trick for in between comics because I had no short material. I couldn't do like ten minutes in between each comic. I would do a little bit of light crowd work, and I would find I would talk to somebody until I could shoehorn something they said into one of these categories in in this book. And you can see I've got it all highlighted, and I got pretty so many notes pretty in there. quick on like oh this one's in chapter five and it's the pink section and i'll find it and i'll be like hey pick a number between this and that and then i would just do one of the jokes in here and there these aren't like bad like street jokes the some like just say the name of this book this is called Ten Thousand jokes toasts and stories so just for example let me just like these are just baffling like some of them aren't even jokes okay so this is from the horse racing section Joke number 6,231. What happens to the horses you follow, Albert? The response, oh, they usually follow the other horses. <laughs> Straight from the horse's mouth, gang. <laughs> <laughs> so something like that, where I've, I, I, I used to play around with that, and I, I think Shane Ogden once told me that I did that bit, and he's like, it's the only time that I've seen where like the whole joke is the setup, and then the punchline is just... D- d- <laughs> stage, it kind of makes you look a little bit liter- literary even yeah. though it uh you know like you know ridiculous thing to do just like i'm referring to like you know my book yeah, here, i would everybody. set it up like i'm giving i'm gonna give you a custom joke but uh yeah that that just having to and it, it got me better at because like i started out doing like music open mics so they would just let me have like a 20 minute long band spot and i would just ramble about about stuff like when i first started i was listening to a lot of like henry rollins spoken word so that's kind of where i was coming from where you'd tell a kind of it's not stand-up comedy it's a sometimes funny like like, like story not really stories not really jokes just kind of like uh i'm explaining just you know just like my ideas and like kind of my philosophy if you will yeah so i've i've gotten better at um, like I, I, I'm getting better at recognizing, like, just cause I, if I have a, tw- like a 10 minute bit that kind of all ties together, I'm getting better at like, I can extract this paragraph and this thing, like this piece of it can kind of stand alone on its own as like a quick little kind of setup and a punchline joke. Whereas I used to be like, I don't know, I can't do a set that's less than 10 minutes. Okay. Um, this is making me think of something like, uh, I guess. How much time do we got? We're kind of, we're We've got like around. one minute. Okay, cool. Um, I'm wondering if you have a, a similar thing. Like if someone says like, hey, um, you know, um, you're really funny. Hey, uh, you're a good, you know, like joke writer. Or hey, you had a great set. You really made me laugh. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. And I'm like, oh, that, that compliment was okay. If someone's like, oh, you're a really good host. I'm like, really? Oh my God. Like I love that compliment so much more. So I don't really feel like I'm a great host. I just host so I can make my regular sets more loose and in the moment. Is, do you have a thing like that like nobody's ever accused me of being a good host yeah (laughs) but uh so you host gus's pub every monday night Mm -hmm. uh, at mega comedy mondays in halifax do you have anything else you want to uh promote you Uh, you don't have a podcast i'm gonna be at uh, i'm gonna be hosting yuck yucks uh in halifax november 11th and 12th i believe opening up for mike damber who comes to st john a whole lot big fan king of crowd work they call him he is uh so martin edwards thank you for joining me I, this thank you for having me john forward saint john forward radio <laughs> <laughs>